0: Welcome to the Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time.
1: It's me from the Kindness Project. We talk about learning Welsh, Arbroath folk, and we are joined by Stephen Stewart from Friends of Essex and London Homeless
0: good morning 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 Morning. welcome to the kindness project today is the 15th of april how are you doing charlotte
1: i'm good i'm good
0: i'm joined by a girl who can can clearly only think about cheese it's charlotte dames
1: and i'm joined by a man who i was gonna say something about embarrassing ch- my knowing all my embarrassing childhood stories well listen
0: i know you embarrassing childhood stories cuz you like i am your dad so that's part of my job isn't it so i i do know your embarrassing childhood stories that is certainly true how are you do- today
1: i am good it's Wednesday.
0: Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, um, and we're also joined by a, a very special guest um, uh, today, Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi, Chris. Good morning. How are we? Very good, thanks. Very good. As uh, as Wednesday for you, if you if you <laughs> remembered what day it was. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. It's okay, it's a bit, Wednesdays are a bit strange at the moment for us because that's one of our soup kitchen evenings and obviously currently at the moment uh, our soup kitchens are suspended for obvious reasons, Yeah. so at the moment we've, um, we're have we sort of diversifying in the community to help out elsewhere, Yeah. Uh, but it is strange just not being able to do what we normally do on a Wednesday, uh, Charing Crosses Wednesday night and then Friday night we do soup kitchen in Grey's, so
0: well, I suppose you get into a routine, right? You know, you get into a routine, and a lot of what's happening at the minute has destroyed that routine for a lot of us.
2: Yeah, look, routine's what look, whether we like it or not, most of us in our lives are into a routine of some description, and yeah, yeah, Wednesday nights for three and a half years have, um, have been what we've done. Yeah. Um, and and, and it is very, very weird. There's obviously the guilt of not being able to get there. Etc. That goes
0: with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Completely appreciate that,
2: Steve. I want you to tell us a little bit in a in a little while about
0: the work you're doing, uh, the amazing work you've you've done in the past, and how you're transitioning now to to this new reality. Um, just wanted to uh, give a shout out to our um, our viewers. Thanks for, to Kevin for watching, thanks to Trev for watching, uh, Russ thanks for watching, Des thanks for watching, really appreciate it, I hope you're enjoying the show, um, more and more we're getting uh, more viewers on this uh, every single time we do it, so thanks for continuing to tune in. Um, I wanted to talk to you about how Welsh is going, because Steve, I don't know, uh, in terms of useful languages to learn,
1: <laughs>
2: our, our
0: is Welsh on the list
2: <laughs> um, she has got a bit of Welsh in her. Her name was Welsh. Oh, okay. In our household, it, there's lots of comments of Welsh. Getting the money is not important, is it? Let's be honest.
0: Why would you? <laughs> pick? <peel? laughs> it's, it's just one of those
1: things, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, just,
1: yeah.
0: it's like it's, it's just going out of fashion. So what? What Welsh phrases have you learnt recently? Um.
1: So I know how to say. Good morning, good okay. night, afternoon, goodbye, um,
0: welcome. Okay. Um, I don't like wearing school uniform. Okay,
1: that would be, <laughs>
0: yes. be useful in a minute. That would be useful in a minute. Steve, Charlotte was in the year that... Um, uh, where the GCSE's got cancelled, so yeah. she she's in a position where she's um, she trying she try to work out what life without... You said that to me yesterday. What's life without a school uniform like that? Yes. 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 I just imagine it's really strange. I mean, we've got uh, one of our one of our volunteers, one of our senior
1: team leads,
2: Claire Crump, her daughter's in a similar situation, and it's quite soul-destroying, so they've put a lot of work in and um,
0: Obviously, it's so totally destroying for the parents as well because obviously that everything seems to be on hold for their child. And how will that affect? How, how will that affect them going forward?
2: Yeah, I don't know if, as a
1: coping technique, learning Welsh is that is that useful. But all good. It was, it was that or High Valerian. <laughs> so you're just looking <laughs> I for a real language. What, what other
0: languages can you can you learn on there?
1: Like anything, really. There's a lot of languages. Like, Klingon. You can like, learn Klingon. Right. You can learn High Valerian. Like.
0: I was so tempted tempted to go for Klingon, Klingon, but I went for Welsh. I I picked picked the sensible (laughs) option. What, between Welsh and Klingon? Yeah. What um, what bizarre language have you uh, wanted to learn safe? (laughs) Have you have have learned the language?
2: Yeah, uh, well, I'm from Newcastle originally, so I'm not you'll be
0: in there. Yeah, yeah we've um, we got family up in our growth on the east coast of Scotland, uh, well, my wife's side, um, and um, there is a CD that we've talked about on the Kindness on the Project before just with uh, folk songs from our bro and it's like a different language. It's genuinely it's genuinely interesting, isn't it? I uh, was oh, I
2: mean, My wife sometimes... Is mum and dad are in full swing um, or if we've been back up there she just kind of nods in the right places hopefully <laughs> you know, no idea what they're saying which yeah. is quite amusing, even for me sometimes I struggle to understand some of the real heavy dialect of the area when we're up there but it, it, it's great really, it's good fun yeah. Are your mum and dad still up there? No, no mum and dad, we've been down here most of my school is down here so we've been down here some sort of 45 odd years, if not a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mum and dad come down there, dad's work purposes um, but they've still got their accents. I don't
0: think this is strong but people that speak to them still seem to think their accents really, really strong. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, just want to talk about the um, upcoming interviews we've got on the Kindness um, Project. Um, we've got um, a bunch of different interviews of uh, the other guests that we've got coming up are... Uh, Bernadette Russell is for Friday. Joshua Cartwright is for Sunday the nineteenth. We've got Daniel Lazenby who's an amazing lady, lives locally to us, who um, who uh, who travelled up and down the country, country delivering presents to kids' hospices. So she, she's amazing. We've got David Jamili on Wednesday the twenty second. Uh, David's a uh, entrepreneur, business owner, runs an events business, talks about kindness. In Business quite a lot. Uh, Nick Elston, who talks about anxiety and how we cope mm. in unusual times, on Friday the 24th. We've got Louise Baker, who runs an organization called um, Postcards of Kindness. She's coming on uh, the 26th of April. Uh, we've got Dina Gao, uh, direct from China, um, yes. on Tuesday the 28th of April. We've got a uh, fully um uh, a full house in terms of uh people coming on the podcast to tell us what they're doing in unusual times to help us um help us feel a bit better um can you um can you tell people where they can get in touch with us
1: yes okay so if you're currently watching this you're on our facebook or are you you are watching through a live party connected to our facebook so that will be easy to get to us. Um, so if you're not watching this, then we have a Facebook. Woohoo! It's The Kindness Project. And if you search it for The Kindness Project podcast, in the bar, it should just come up. It should be the first one that comes up. And the same thing with our website. And uh, our email is <coughs> honoratthekindnessproject.co.uk That's the dog. I will go and get that in a second. <laughs> and the Facebook is... Uh,
0: well, go and get the
1: dog. Twitter is all kindness yeah so this
0: I'll is one of and... this is one of one of the things about broadcasting from home isn't it you've got the dog getting involved you've got all the kids getting involved um and we're just gonna let the dog back in oh, no. um so today's question of the podcast and we've had loads of comments on this already that we'll be sharing at the end of the show is what's your favorite movie song so what's your favorite song that's been in a movie or you Associate with a movie the most, Steve. What's your favourite movie song? Sorry, sorry Chris. Again,
2: sorry. That's
0: all right. What's your favourite song from a movie?
2: Oh goodness me! There's a question,
0: isn't there? I will go with the Eye of the Tiger, Rocky. Oh, classic! It's classic. Of my classic. What's your favourite movie song?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm really I'm a very big, like, musical person, so I'm inclined to say one from a musical movie. Okay. But... Um,
0: what musical movie are you going to pick? I don't know. I
1: don't know.
0: I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, my my head always goes to the 80s, and I, I always think about Top Gun, because oh. Top Gun, the Top Gun album is just, like, for 80s rock, is just uh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. But... When they make the Hamilton movie, yes. I might, I might be, I might be into that. In a they're big way, they're doing that
1: with all the original cast and everything, so it's gonna be great.
0: When's that coming out?
1: I don't know. They're supposed to start filming it this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good timing.
1: Good timing. Good
0: timing. But yeah, so if you can let us know what your answer is for your favourite song linked to a movie, that'd be brilliant. Uh, please, um, please comment on live, um, uh, and we can go from there. And thanks again to Mr. Dave Forsdyke, who uh, every day consistently gives us his silver lining. So he's he's doing something on his social media where he's he's sharing every day um, uh, stuff that he that helps him think more positively about the current situation because it, it is a bit rubbish, but, but we've got to put in the right context, haven't we? <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff, uh, good stuff going on. Um, uh, there's um, so Dave sent us in there's a lot of advice available on how to stay positive during the lockdown um, and Dave shared with us a link from Manchester University that helps us do that lots of kids are taking this opportunity to learn something new one new skill that can be very entertaining for the rest of the family is magic how would you make the kids disappear when you're trying to work <laughs> how would you do that
1: you give them a bit of technology and tell them to run away upstairs.
0: True. Um, air, air quality continues to improve around the world thanks to the lockdown. And there's loads of data out there showing that because we're spending less time on the roads and spend spending less time um commuting we're in a position where uh, the world the natural world is is benefiting from that wildlife is slowly returning to areas once busy with humans but now quite because of the lockdown i've seen deer grazing on my local golf course but that's nothing compared to lions hyenas and zebras who've started visiting Kr- Kr- kruger park golf course in south africa oh which is good um uh, I am obsessed at the minute with the Tiger King on Netflix. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I've
1: seen a couple of episodes. Yeah,
0: you know you're not a fan. They're
1: just ridiculous. No, it's it is ridiculous. ridiculous. ridiculous.
0: <laughs> but they're real. That's the challenge on it. Uh, a 99-year-old army veteran. He was on the BBC uh, this morning again. Has raised more than two million pounds out the NHS fight against COVID-19. He's actually raised. I think four million quid now um, or close to and still going. So he's done amazing work. And uh, we get a thanks in Dave's latest uh, silver linings because he said a huge thank you and a massive plug for the kindness project who have been featuring my silver linings in their podcast. If you need cheering up, then find something good to watch and definitely don't watch a can't No. Um, uh, if you need cheering up, then tune in to these guys for a daily dose of good news, kindness and positivity. I have something um, to
1: put in for silver linings.
0: Oh, go on then. What's your silver okay, lining? So a
1: couple of days ago, uh, I was scrolling through Google News, which is probably not the best thing to do during a time of <laughs> panic. But I did find this.
0: Go on then. Is is kindness news having a resurgence? Is that what you're telling me? No,
1: no. I just, I spotted this and I like it. So, in Italy, the mafia is distributing food to Italy's struggling residents. Organised crime groups offer support (laughs) to quarantined families who have run out of cash.
0: Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that, but thanks for sharing. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, the mafia have found kindness as well now, which is interesting. (laughs) Steve, thank you for sitting through our usual nonsensical waffle. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, what I want to do now is talk to you a little bit about um, the work that you do. Well, Charlotte, again, that's the dogging. This is just the reality of broadcasting at home. Um, tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Well, From a personal perspective, um, my career, last large part of my career was in the motor trade but in the
2: sales arena. Um, right the way through, I did various roles up and down the ladder, um, and, but probably around about three years ago, I stepped away from all of that um, due to my wife's ill health. Um, and from there onwards, we sort of spawned where we are today with uh, what we do. Um, so out of some bad, terrible illness, has come some good as well.
0: Yeah. Well, so I know I know when we spoke last week, you told us how it all started share with our audience how that happened
2: well so i was working i received a text from cheryl to say that we were going to go to london next wednesday that used to be my day off and i said oh fantastic where are we going what we're we doing etc thinking theater bars whatever you do in london and she said oh no there's a thing on facebook on the community page using rainham there's a guy that's got a lot of sleeping bags and he's also got some blankets and he wants to get them out but he's got so many of them he needs another cast so i said we'd go I promptly said to her, there's no we in this, you need to be going (laughs) on your own. That's not what I was about. She's a really kind person. Uh, I worked in the motor trade, so you can make your own assumptions about that. And uh, she said, I'm not going. I'd rather sit at home, watch the football. I'll see you when you get back. She said, no, you need to go because I can't drive in London. I get too nervous. And if you loved me, you'd come with me. So off we we went um, uh, up to London. We went with one of our daughters, Keris, who was about 15 and a half at the time. It was quite an adventure, really, you know, we were looking for people, didn't know where we were going, looking to see if we could see people sitting to give what we had out. And it was quite an adventure, and very quickly, I really enjoyed it, um, being in the sales arena, talking to what we do, so yeah. to be interacting with people who wanted to interact back with you was great. I really, really enjoyed it. And there was a moment when Keris was talking to a guy, late teens, early 20s, I was keeping an eye on her as I was talking to somebody else, and she... um Very abruptly spun away, sort of what seemed like mid conversation to me after a little while talking to him. And I um, went over and asked her why, and she didn't want to tell me. She had tears in her eyes. I got, You need to tell me because I'll go and ask him otherwise. Cheryl came across and asked, and she just blurted out, It could be me. She said, That's probably my moment, my epiphany, that thought, wow. And on the way home, We were all really excited a few hours later, and Cheryl said, can we go again? Silent car, because it was for me, and I said, I'd love to go again. And Cheryl and I went the following Wednesday, and up until now, we've not missed, as a team of people, we've not missed a Wednesday up until the COVID-19's kicked in. Yeah, look without a shadow of a doubt everyone we speak to is someone's son someone's dad etc you know the list is endless and, and there go the grace of god and you know there's a misconception about what sort of people these people are and that goes in any bracket in life um but we've met some really interesting characters and people that are, are very close to, 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 to ourselves in a lot of ways when you get talk
0: yeah steve steve when when was that when did that first trip happen Okay, and, and tell us about how how you're sort of you have been doing the trip, trip regularly on a Wednesday. How has your relationship and the and what you've been doing evolved over that time?
2: Oh, it's it's taken off tenfold. You know, we, Cheryl and I would go regularly, um, and then after a couple of months, say sort of February March time of, of 2017. You know we start taking up some hot foods and we, we're getting busier and we're just thinking our oh, people rely on us we're always there for us seeing the same faces so we put a shout out on facebook to say look we're looking for some people to come and join us um, and a couple of people stepped forward claire lynette uh, and a few other people that have subsequently don't work for us no longer so they're two of our senior team leads now and they've been there since the beginning and we've gone from Having no table, and taking up some sandwiches, to probably at the last count, our last seat, kitchen on a wedding day, taking up circa 270 to 280 hot options, yeah, along with numerous pastries and cakes, toiletries, clothes, teas, coffees. I think we're taking up circa 45 liters of hot water every week at the moment.
0: Now I know you, I know, I know you mentioned that um, you.
2: So look, I think a high percentage of what we see around our table every Wednesday, I'd say a high proportion of that is people, and they might not be there every week, but it's, it's, a, it's a steady flow of the same people we see, yeah. obviously we're seeing different people as time goes on. The word gets out, not just only to our, our organisations to others, that they're going to be there at this time, and yeah. this is what they're going to have on offer. Now we've even had people come out and say, look, I've been told to come and see you, I've been released from prison. I spoke to somebody in prison that knows about your service, and they said, "Look, if you need some help, these are the people to go and see." Okay,
0: okay. And talk talk to me about what a typical week.
2: Yeah, so on a a Wednesday and a Friday are predominantly what we do. There are soup kitchen evenings. Mm. Um, Obviously, in between all that, there's a lot of fetching and carrying. We have a couple of drop-off points in Havering and in Thurrock where you can drop items too, like the clothing stuff in Hornchurch uh, and in Rainham area and the Thurrock areas. Um, and we, we also have collections from Gregs. We have four Gregs on board: South Auckland, Greys, Elm Park, and Hornchurch, where they give us all the leftovers. We also have Lakeside at um, Lakeside Marks and Spencers, who also give us their leftovers now on a Tuesday and a, on a Tuesday and a Thursday. So we, we have to collect all that together, and we wrap all them in separate bags as well. Okay has a clear bag so nobody's going to be touching anybody else's food when they're deciding what pastry or cake they want so a hell of a lot of work goes behind it and also a right amount of clothing or as much as we can take toiletries we look after the dogs where possible as well if people have got dogs who try and take dog food up so we mm. try and look after people's basic needs to so what you and i would need every morning we get out of bed really and yeah. anything over and above and obviously an ear, an ear or a shoulder wearing it where needed all right yeah, look not not just them organizations most people are on that in some way shape or form but we've been with Greg's now coming up oh, blimey must be knocking on two years and Greg's have been phenomenal Marks and Spencer's has only been in the last few months uh, and again what they've given us as well has been fantastic it's just so usable Um, and and, and it's just so nice to be able to have them people wanting to link into people like us especially our charity because we're so small we're non-funded non-profit so anything that comes our way like that that we can facilitate and organize and logistically Mm. work with we're always looking to take on yeah um so we've got uh, one of our volunteers anthony who generally looks after our food is currently um Doing all our frontline work for us uh, using the vans uh, where we needed to go and collect items that we've been given. One quick story we had a ship uh, docked in Tilbury Port, a saga ship, so about 1,500 customers would normally be on that, and they had them vegetables left over which they gave, they kindly donated three vanfuls to us and worked out a plan where we could distribute that throughout the communities. Um, uh, and you know, we have. We have people that constantly help. and We have another group of people in Greys that are helping as well, another organisation that are helping with Anthony on the front line. I'm doing a lot of logistical work at the back back seat uh, due to the coronavirus. And we're going wherever, you know, care homes. We're yep. going to disability places where people are looking after children and adults with disability places. We're going to NHS. We're going to key worker areas like fire brigades and stuff and dropping off what we can, where we can.
0: Yep think i think in terms of in terms of communities it's important
2: Communities just really need to work together we've had to diversify in what we do are we comfortable with what we're doing at the moment no because it's not what we do we want to get back to what we do because that's normality but do we feel there's a need for us as a a charity to help out and plug holes elsewhere most definitely yeah Fans are rich for the stars you know i'd love every every evening at six o'clock um, for a pink gazebo to be hoisted up in every town and every city in the UK but in the short term when we get back it would just be getting back to what we do to our two soup kitchens uh, trying to reaffirm what we've been doing and show people that we're still there yeah. I think we're going to inc- I think there may be a spike in who we see um, and that may not just be directly people that are homeless it'll be people that will be struggling for a number of reasons yeah. uh, due to furlough etc around our table at times as well just because of what's happened uh, we won't we won't judge anybody on that if they feel they want to join our queue i spend half an hour 45 minutes or longer in our queue queuing for what little we have on offer
0: that's really useful to know um charlotte had a question
1: oh yeah so um if you could do anything about the homeless issue in well anywhere really what what would you do like anything at all if
0: you had a magic wand what would you do
2: so Charlotte's now my Aladdin so if we were to rub that genie's lamp of course what we would look for is for everybody to be homed and nobody to be in any sort of uh, in any predicament but I think that's the easy and simple way to say it from my point of view what I would like to see is I think the facilities are there for people to have homes or or, or some form of shelter I think within what's there and, and what's not being used I think it's the services that feed into them that's more integral yeah So it's all well and good sweeping somebody out of their environment, albeit to you and I, quite a strange environment, but we're going to take people out of what their comfort zone is currently, and that would be being homeless. I'm not saying they're comfortable being homeless, but they're used to that environment to a point. Mm. We sweep them up and put them into four walls, and we kind of walk away and say, there you go. Um, But these people... We'll need some. We would need loads and loads of support when they go into that situation to 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 integrate them back into what we deem to be normality. You know, because of any health reasons, any mental health reasons, any addiction reasons, and that's where the issue really lies. We sweep them, we put them in, and And then we we don't
0: give them the support
2: to take them through the system and hold their hand. And that that's where the big win would be for us and for everybody.
0: Yeah, no, I completely completely appreciate that. Um, Steve, talk to me about. Story that you think reflects the work you do the most?
2: Um, Look, we've got loads and loads of stories, but one springs to mind. Probably in around um, sort of the summertime of 2017, um, we we met a guy uh, called, I'll I'll call him Jay, Um, his initials Jay, and he was round our table a lot. We saw him, we really got on well with him. He was as mad as a box of frogs, he was a lovely fella. Um, he has many, many issues um, From addictions, etc But there's just something about this guy That resonated with all of us And um, we got gotten really well Jimmy and I hit it off straight away Because we were um, Both football fans He's a mad Liverpool fan And I'm a big Newcastle fan So I'll I, I, our connection was Rafa Benitez, who managed both clubs. Yeah. He was currently managing Newcastle at the time. Yeah. And we were we were talking and bantering, and that was our connection football. So no matter how far apart we were, we had this normal connection of football. Uh, we saw him. We, we got mentioned on our Facebook page. One of my friends uh, wanted to do something for him and asked what could he have, and he said he'd love a Liverpool shirt. So we bought him a Liverpool shirt from one of my friends who got donated some money. It's a picture of me and Jimmy when our in our Newcastle and Liverpool shirts when we handed it to him. He was over the moon and our our relationship developed and as as it developed, Jimmy, every week, Steve, Steve, can I speak to you? Can I speak to you? And uh, every week was important to Jimmy and every week. It generally wasn't a major thing of what it seemed like, but this particular week was different. He said, I really need to speak to you about something important. So I said, can you help me? I said, throw it at me, see what I can do. And he turned around and he said, I'm really worried about dying. And I said to him, totally understand where you're coming from Jim we've all had them thoughts about what would it must it be like and then worries in our lives says, no no you don't understand I'm not worried about actually dying I'm just worried about what happens when I die I said explain what you mean he said look I've got no family I've got nobody he said when I die nobody's going to know so it's quite a powerful moment and I said to him well what can I do he said I'm asking you, would you be my next of kin? So when I do die, somebody will contact you and you'll feel like a brother to me. And at least then, somebody I know will know that I've passed and they'll be able to do something about it. It was quite the most emotional moment I've had out on the streets. We were both in tears and and had a cuddle. And I said to him, without a shadow of a doubt, yes. So we put that in process and I'm currently Jimmy's next of kin in case anything happens to him we'll get a contact to let him know that unfortunately yeah. he may have passed, so that's, know, that's probably the most powerful story and the impact I can say that we've had as a charity,
0: and, and that's who and what we are. Steve, it's re- it's really interesting, because you, you tell that story, and I think a lot of people um, uh, in this current situation are realising how important their families are and people who are connected to them, and uh, what we sometimes neglect to realise is there's people out there who just haven't got that um, and need that sort of support. Um, and and thank you for doing that amazing work. That's brilliant, mate.
2: No, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Um, like I said, as a charity, yeah, we thought it was about giving out sandwiches and sleeping bags, etc. But what we have learned a lot about ourselves and about what we do and the people, it's about the people that do what they do and the people that come to see us and how we can support them and and, and just treat them like human beings Mm -hmm. it's not about a sandwich anybody can give a sandwich out it's about having the compassion that goes with that to be able to help people in other ways as well
0: yeah it's showing you care right you know it's showing that you're there for somebody in times good or bad and just and just giving them company i think that's what that story tells me the most
2: yeah, without that, that, you know, one of our one of our sort of hashtags is kindness is contagious. That's written on one of our vans as well. Yeah. you know, that's that's what we are. Kindness is contagious. If all of us can be a little bit a bit kinder to each other, regardless whether it's homelessness or you and I just talking, if we can all be five or ten percent kinder to each other in general, yeah, then I think I think the world would be a better place. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that in in these testing times as well. That people are generally being kinder to each other and and, and, and talking to their neighbours and and you know talking to strangers. We wouldn't have spoken to a
0: few weeks ago. Yeah, it's really interesting. One of my favourite books on this particular subject is a is written by a guy called Dr. David Hamilton. And he was he was doing a Facebook live, funny enough, that I ended up um tuning into. We need to get him on the podcast, actually, Charlotte. Um, and um uh, he was um he was talking about the fact that for every act of kindness you give to somebody else, um, that ripple effect is about five times um over so effectively the the research says that if you're kind to somebody they're more likely to be a little bit kinder to five other people um and (laughs) what he said is actually kindness is a bit more contagious than the coronavirus because the coronavirus is two and a half times um contact like as a contagion factor of two and a half and kindness is more contagious and i think one of the one of the positive sides of what we're seeing now is the fact that that as we're under threat from this from this force that we can't control we we're starting to realize how important it is to be a bit kinder to each other what do you think steve
2: Oh, without a shadow of that, you know, our hashtag kindness is contagious is what we use quite a lot. And, and we're we, we constantly champion and advocating that. And, and, you know, I come from Newcastle, it's been mentioned, and you can go to Newcastle, even in today's world, and you'll doff your cap to somebody in the bar, you will buy somebody a pint that you don't really know, you'll be polite to somebody in that bar. Yeah. Further down the map you come, it's a little bit more, goodness me, why are they talking to me, what's going on. So, I'm hoping if nothing else comes out of what's happened, uh, we can all just reach out and just be a little bit nicer to one another and maybe look over our shoulder and make sure that person in our neighborhood is right. If everybody does that, I just think it could be a nicer place for everybody to be. But everyone's just so worried about their well-being, and also in their bubble of their world, and it's all about the money. I think for the first time in our lives, the guy that's got all the money against the people that are in, at the bottom or in the middle, we're about as equal as we've ever been because that really doesn't matter. Nobody can buy themselves out of this particular problem that we have at the moment. So for the first time ever, we're all about as equal as we've ever been for some Mm. time in our lives. And that's quite a refreshing thought for those that thought they were better or people that thought they were worse than each other. We're equal beings at the moment. And it doesn't matter who's got what house, who's got what car, who can go on what holidays it's irrelevant because none of us can do any of that at the moment and we're yeah. all as equal as one another and all as important as one another yeah
0: what have you learned the most from your trips in like from your journey in this since 2017
2: um that it's not the face of who you think is homelessness when we imagine it in our minds that person in a doorway you know many people who think it's drinking drugs etc i'm not saying them things don't go on um, but we we've got many people that we've spoken to that have come from what we would deem to be normality lives like the ones we lead ourselves and they found themselves in hard times and found themselves on the street of course there are people that um, may not have been that way inclined, may have already been that way inclined and found themselves out in the streets but a high percentage of people we're finding now are just people that have found it difficult for one reason or another, from relation relationship breakups or loss of job or anything like that that could go on that could spiral them out of control uh, or get led up a path the wrong way and, and you know they just need a little bit of help and it's not the archetypal um, person sitting in the doorway no more that's a drug addict for example uh, they're just people like you and I that have just lost their way for a number of reasons and they just need some help to get themselves back on their feet
0: Yeah, Can you tell us a little bit about um, where people can find out about Essex and East London Homeless
2: um, so, uh, From ourselves, you can yeah. find out obviously we've got our Facebook page which is Friends of Essex and London Homeless, if you search that on your Facebook you'll find us on there, that's, that's been our biggest media uh, uh, to date we're also prevalent on places like Twitter, Instagram uh, we're on LinkedIn Uh, again we have LinkedIn because that links into businesses that may be wanting to help us and obviously see what's going on and we also have a website which is all the W's which is www.foelh.com so the FOELH is the abbreviation of our name Friends of Essex and London Homeless Uh, you can find us on there our telephone numbers our emails are all on there as well so you can easily get hold of us it's it's not difficult to find any of the the media that I've just mentioned
0: and and, uh, how can people support you is it financial donations is it time is it how how can people help
2: look in in the current in the current circumstances where we still need people to donate things to us Uh, from a clothing point of view we're not giving out clothes at the moment because we're not operating our soup kitchen so once this is all over uh, you can get all that information on how you can help us we have an amazon wish list okay so Amazon wish list is things that we put on a on, on an Amazon list that you can go into that you can donate they come directly to a, an address of ours and um, so there's very little work in, in needed other than you have to uh, kindly make a donation of money to pay for the items or item that you buy that then comes to our address that's that's a really popular way for people to feel that like they're one they're doing a good thing but 2 they're also um realizing that it's not money a lot of people struggle to give us money we do get cash donations and monetary donations given to us and we need them as well but we also understand for us to keep saying give us your money some people feel more comfortable giving us an item so them items that are on the wish list are things that we control that we put on there Uh, obviously money donations mentioned, are fantastic clothing donations uh, which have been phenomenal over the years people have been so kind Uh, we also take them so we take all sorts of clothing but we try and ask people to think outside the box we don't want We've had some weird and wonderful donations in clothes. Just think out of the box, what would be the most practical thing you could donate that somebody would use if you were sitting out on the street yourself? It's probably not a high heel pair of shoes,
0: or a pair of flip-flops to be to be, to be frank Steve you probably wouldn't want half of the shirts in my wardrobe either I mean they are awful I mean I I, I sometimes show them off on the podcast but um, we get we get people tuning in and saying that um, they're, I'm breaking their uh, mobile screens because they're just too outlandish what's the worst shirt you've ever owned?
2: the worst shirt I've ever owned <laughs> well the worst show i've had some belters i've had some, I've had some real alfie moon moments in my life there's too many to mention I'm, I'm i am i do like a really really bad show
0: so do i actually so do i yeah
2: we need to
1: get
0: together and we we look a pretty picture. of yeah, uh, this is all over. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. coming in my lemon shirt. Oh, oh yeah, you've got
1: you've got. What's your favourite shirt, Charlotte? Uh, well, I've got one that's full of bowls. Um
0: Is that intentional? Or is that just? Cause that, you've...
1: That's how it came.
0: Okay, that's how and it I've came. got
1: one that's covered in lemon slices, <laughs> but it's blue.
0: I've got my. I think my favourite shirt is my origami shirt. I like that shirt. Yeah, We're yeah. That's the good. same day we got the lemon shirt. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. So I I, 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 because I hate shopping so much. Normally the shirts come via. You a mum don't they? So I, I, don't, I don't get to see them. Right, thank you so much for sharing that, Steve. And we'll make sure that when you um, when when this goes live and and everybody's watching it, we put the details on the show notes. And when the audio version of this goes out on the audio podcast, uh, we make sure that you can find Steve on all of his various social yes, media channels. But-
1: now, it is the
0: end. <clears throat> it is the end, but the end is never really the end, is it? Because, because the because end is the beginning of because something. Because we, like, we like to um, tell our audience about their answers to the question of the podcast. Yes. So, Steve, stay on and let, let's see what you think of uh, of these actual answers. So, Louise McNamee said um, her favourite uh, song uh, from a movie is Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Ooh. That's quite a good choice. Very act. Yeah, that? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's and then never enough from the great showman, and he lives in you for from the Lion King. You did say three songs, right? Hashtag I can't pick one. Uh, Trev Robinson said. <laughs> How do you pronounce that? Adagio for Strings. Um, uh, Caroline Thompson said Streets of Philadelphia by um, Bruce Springsteen from the film Philadelphia. Have you ever seen that? No. Tom Hanks, it's about um, a, a guy um, who gets AIDS. So you've just watched Rent, haven't oh. you? Did you like Rent?
1: Oh, it was beautiful. <coughs>
0: um, Steve Dan, Always Look, look on, on the, the Bright, bright side, side of Life, life by yes. Monty Python. I think that might be my favourite end to a movie ever. I love Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. What are we thinking about the choices so far, Steve?
2: I think a couple of them are really apt on the conversations that we've had today. Yeah, agreed. Um, and you can't go wrong with a bit of Life of Brian. No, no, absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. I love that movie.
0: Uh, Eve Keith said, so many for so many different reasons. Prior to lockdown, one of my favourite songs for the tune was Lose Yourself from Eight Mile, Love Perfect Day from Train Spotting, or 18 with a Bullet from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. That has got an amazing soundtrack Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Mike Christie said, too many to choose from. Danger Zone from Top Gun. Now, if you want, because I know you're quite quite into your 70s rock at the minute, Charlotte, aren't you? If you want an 80s rock album that typifies what 80s rock meant, bit cheesy but also quite good, the Top Gun album is is definitely worth a watch. Uh, Burning Heart and Hearts on Fire from Rocky and the new Star Trek theme, I could go on. Yep, most people good. Sean Acton said, on days like these from the Italian job. Um, Nick Ramsden said, Brian Adams, everything I do. You don't remember that, do you? That was number one for about, I don't know, it seemed like half my life. Um, it was number one for a long time. Um, but he was only kidding on that. He's picked I Have the Tiger by Rocky. Um, oh, Sarah, there's Sarah there's no Robinson problem. said, I've had the time of my life dirty dancing. Um, Johnny Piper said, Pulp Fiction, Mizzaloo by Dick Dale and his Deltones. Tones. Um, and then Mike remembered that he also liked Stuck in the Middle with You. Uh, um, by Steeler's Wheel um, Mark Newman said the whole Top Gun soundtrack Top Gun's getting a, a bit of a showing um, Alison Hagen said Iris by the Google Dolls My Immortal by Ever and Born Slippy by Underworld um, anything that's not floating your boat on that list Steve
2: there's a couple I've never heard of, but it, the diversity of who's listening is fantastic. I think we're just you're reaching so many good people who've got a, a, an array of, of an array of uh, backgrounds, which is amazing. Well, you know, for us as a charity,
0: you know what you know what I like. Number one, this is always a bit of an education because I can now pop on Spotify and go, "I've never heard of that before." I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a listen. Um, but you're you're it also asking people about mu- music gives a massive insight into their taste, doesn't it? I think.
2: Oh, hugely. It tells you what their personalities are and the fact that there's so many... Stuff. I'm, I'm sure one or two of them that will play after we get off of here uh, will actually know the tune, but didn't actually know the song yeah,
0: who well. wrote it. What's your, what's your taste in music normally?
2: Uh, generally, whatever the wife's listening to. But we, we <laughs> have an array. So we like, we like a bit of 80s. We do like a bit of 80s. Yeah. We, we do like to rock out a bit of that. Obviously, a little bit of house music on the background and that. You know, and We don't mind a little bit of... Uh, modern
0: day stuff the wife's madly into drake and stuff like that so it's all good stuff oh yeah yeah no we we we've got a really strange taste in music in our house it goes all over the show uh hazel gray said i don't want to miss a thing by aerosmith another massive 80s rock tune and uh benjamin fox is a bit of an outlier because he's gone for the kevin and perry perry go large soundtrack you don't know what that is do you uh. Um,
2: Legends.
0: (laughs) So, that is truly the end of Ah. the show. But we normally end on um, a little joke told by Charlotte. Steve, be prepared to be massively underwhelmed. Go on. Look
1: forward to it. What do you get when you cross a fish and an elephant? Don't don't know. know,
2: Charlotte. What do you get when you cross a fish with an elephant? Swimming trunks. Oh, Wow. 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 The Christmas crackers
0: are out there. Oh, big time. It never stops in this house, Steve. And on that note, have a lovely day. Bye.
2: Bye.